Hello, listeners. Welcome. Welcome back to the podcast, The Backhanders. Here we bring you all the ins and the outs from that great game, the great game of tennis, covering each tennis slam and unafraid to slam tennis. My name is Lightning, and with me, the virus of the airwaves, the pandemic of podcast pessimism, and the infection of fake news, Catters. Catters, welcome. Lightning, great to be with you. You find me in my sunny apartment here in Copenhagen, one of those rare sunny days, and I'm a little confused, actually, Lightning. Usually I have a firm grip on reality, but... I'm clad in my full Danish outfit. I've got the Viking horns on. I'm ready to rock. I was waiting for the Olympics. And I heard that there was a cancellation, which I figured was applying to all the warm-up events for the tennis Olympics. (laughs) We know the likes of the 100-meter sprint is a nice little, um, I guess, what do you call it, support band for the the main show, uh, which is the tennis. But I I don't see the tennis on my television screen, and uh, I'm a confused man. I've I've been waiting for ages. I was hoping that Denmark might claim its second-ever bronze medal at the Summer Games, and (laughs) alas, I've been left like this nation of losers, empty-handed. Yes. Yeah. Apologies, Catters. I should have let you know about that. In the Olympics being postponed, that did actually mean the tennis went with it. I meant to tell you too that there's no point attempting to qualify for the Danish Olympics as the men's number one. Um, so well, Lightning, this is this is a tragedy because I had literally been crossing the days off my calendar waiting for Monica Puig to defend her gold medal. <laughs> At the 2020 Tokyo Games. I mean, it just, you know, people like, let me just throw some names at you. Marty Fish, Tommy Haas, to- Tommy oh, Haas. Great Tommy Yeah, Haas. Tommy Haas. Yeah. Uh, so famous, we can't even pronounce his name. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Tommy. T- Tony, yeah. Harold Kitson, Robert Leroy. Oh, yeah. Alicia Mollick. I mean, what do they all have in common, Lightning? A hint, they're not ticket conductors at your local Puffing Billy railway station. (laughs) No, they are tennis players, and I use that term loosely, the swingers of the racket who have gone home with medals in their pocket. And... That's what I love about the Olympics, this five-ring circus lightning, the time that we all get together, we hold hands, Mm. and we, like, some sort of intergalactic piñata, we give the world's top 200 players a stick, in this case a racket, but in the case of Alicia Mollick's forehand, it might as well be a stick, and we ask them, do you want candy? And I wanted candy this year, lightning. (laughs) It's so true, Catters. I mean, many of those names you read out were actually rocking up to the Olympics, assuming they'd be playing other disciplines. Some were sprinters and weightlifters, (laughs) found a racket line around and the intergalactic piñata. It wouldn't surprise me. I do remember uh, Vera Zonareva, who obviously took home bronze in the uh, most famous (laughs) Beijing Games of 08. (laughs) I remember her actually, when the ball kid threw her uh, a couple of balls for a serve, her saying, this shot put feels rather light. (laughs) (laughs) 
it was a long run up for that gag lightning, but I think you and the <laughs> listeners will agree it was was well worth it. As it was for Mollick when she came in off the long run and then jumped from the service line. <laughs> and she speared a kid three rows back when she javelined a racket into the crowd. Exactly. So mm. I really am going to miss the randomness of the Olympics. And mm. it's thrown up a lot of strange results in the past, Lightning. Um, mm. No offence to Nicholas Massoud who accounts for 33% of Chile's all-time medals. <laughs> well, it's, it is a great call, Cutters, that in the absence of the Olympics, there is some chump change that can't be handed out to some budding potential tennis players. But of course, Cutters, the US Open is only a few weeks away. What are your feelings around the US? We're still mid-pandemic. The virus is spreading thick and fast, and there's a tennis tournament coming up. What's your thoughts? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited about it, Lightning. I'm a little concerned that when you think about tennis, you think, what are the main ingredients for a tournament? Yes, you need a court or some patch of dirt, if you're referring to Roland Garros. <laughs> Fans, handy, but not necessary. We have television cameras and mm. um, the technology mm. to transmit that into homes. For those of you that are not au fait with, uh, you know, I don't want to go get too much into the weeds here. But one critical ingredient tends to be the players. Mm. You need people who are good at the sport of tennis. And mm. I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried that there aren't many people showing up. Yes, a crucial ingredient is likely to be missing cutters. Let me give you a list of some of the names who've already said they will not be there at the US Open at Flushing Meadows. World number one, Ash Barty. Pulled the pin. Oh. Hot on the heels. Nick Curios, Aussie champion. He's not going to be there. He's withdrawn. And then other female top 10 players, Svitolina, a former semi-finalist. Kiki Burton's have both pulled out on the women's side. And then Kat is the men's side. World number nine, Gail Montfies. 11. So, all, so 100% of Jem's life is not going to be in the Correct. US. Terrible. Correct. It is a huge loss of you know tennis and segments on this podcast. 11th <laughs> ranked, Fabio Fonini. He's pulled out. No. Pulled out. Yeah. Yeah. There's a pasta eating tournament in Italy. He wants to be... Therefore, so he's going to be there. 2016 champion and 17th ranked player, Stan the Man Warinka Catters. He's not going to be there. No Stan the Man. Oh. How's that? I want to add some more names, though, Catters. Joe Wilfred Songer. You know, no Songer, no cry. You know what they say. World number 49, Joe the Man. He's out. Lucas Puillet, number 58. He's out. I mean, no one's playing, Catters. No one's there. 439 Bernard Tomic. He uh, he slept through the pandemic, so he's not going to be there either. And the shock of all shocks, number 89, Nicholas Jari of Chile won't be there. And amazing to hear, uh, mainly because he's serving a doping suspension. So, But all these players, Catters, pulling out left, right and centre, a final name. Rafael Nadal, world number two, defending champion... Rafa's not going to be there, Catters. This is a this is a disgrace. I mean, who is going to want to watch this B-grade tournament? It is just... Mm. <sighs> there is something that's really fascinating about the whole US scenario, and that is in order to limit the amount of people in the city and indeed in hotels around the city, they've decided to not have qualifying this year. Usually there'd be 
a week or two in the lead-up to a slam to allow the lesser-known players to show their wares and earn a spot in the main draw. This year, that's not happening. So basically, as each player drops, world number 9 out, world number 11, a lower-ranked player just gets their way into the tournament. So we're seeing people like Andy Murray, world number 129, free pass, in you go, son. You know, so... Actually, these lesser-known players that haven't played tennis in six years, you know, have been selling their rackets to pawn shops, are having to go back and repurchase them just to be able to make it to Flushing Meadows to play in the main draw of the US Open. I mean, on the flip side, Lightning, obviously this creates an opportunity, and tennis has been looking for an opportunity to engage fans. I mean, is this their big chance to become interactive? I mean, could they actually mm. open up 20 of the positions for eager fans who can somehow enter some sort of competition. They Mm. obviously have to have been self-quarantining, so they need to be a loner type, preferably living out on a farm somewhere, kind of creepy, no friends, have not had human contact for a good six months. Well, it's fascinating. I actually think this is how Tennis Sangren first got his gig in the sport. (laughs) Perfect, perfect. But, you know, it's is this even worthy of being called a slam if you win this tournament have you really had to take on i mean let's face it they could condense it to a week really they should just slash and burn the first four rounds jump straight into the quarterfinals based Mm. on who's showing up and i almost think that they should forego giving the trophy to the winner i think that they should downgrade i think that whoever wins the tournament should be forced to receive a gold medal oh (laughs) you could it's either that cat is or they actually present them a giant asterisk as the trophy. I've got nothing in my head. I'm just really excited and I want to hug the whole stadium. Catters, it's already got me extremely excited picturing you in your living room, in your Danish get-up. I assume it's kind of the Danish girl kind of stuff. I assume that's what people wear (laughs) when the Danes celebrate the Olympics coming to town. So I'm already excited, Catters, but I'm very keen to hear what's making you excited right now. Well, Lightning, with Viking horns on, I can legitimately say I'm horny for real tennis. (laughs) And Lightning, the fact that the UTS has just been completed and we can put this devastating chapter of our collective history behind us and move forward is a good thing. This... Mickey Mouse, McDonald's, Tamagotchi, plastic, fantastic tournament has been an absolute eyesore. And so UTS, let's be clear, it stands for Ultimate Tennis Showdown. And it sounds like an STD and it it could, it might as well be. I agree. It, it is. And unlike an STD, the concept has not been spreading like wildfire lightning, I will tell you now. Um, but I have had some spare time on my hands. So I managed to actually go on to the Federal Trade Commission, which is an arm of the United States government, uh, where I can complain about false advertising. And I've lodged an appeal saying they can't name this tournament as such. It is not ultimate, given the lineup. It's not tennis, and frankly, there's no show about it. I've been bored out of my brains. So if you remove the ultimate, the tennis, and the show, you just get down. So I'm (laughs) registering on their behalf that next year, it's just called the down. 
And I think that's a pretty good summary of what I've witnessed over the last few weeks. Mm. Mm. Of course, the UTS was won by the Lion, which, of course, I don't even need to tell you who that is. That's clearly <laughs> Sasha Zverev. Oh, yes. The- I don't know where they got that nickname from, whether it was because he was clearly lying to us when he said he was going to go into quarantine or... Uh, <laughs> Whether he's been lying on his couch instead of training for the last five years of his life. But the lion, the king of the jungle, took out the trophy uh, in emphatic circumstances. I cannot make head nor tail of how this tournament works, Lightning. It's got all of these weird cards where you force your opponent to serve and volley. You force your opponent to win the next point in less than three shots. It makes utterly no sense. In the final, Alicia Cornet, who I believe was the volcano... Lost to uh, Pavlachenkova. 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 Mm. Massive fan. Oh, the Thunder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Thunder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Thunder from I Wonder? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but they play in quarters, and I'm looking at the score right now. The Thunder beat the Volcano 16-8 in the first quarter. Second quarter, 12-11. to the Volcano came back 14-11 and won the third and then won the fourth 16-9, yet she lost the match 3-2. I cannot understand anything. And that would frustrate me. Cat if I, you know, yes. I mean, it's rock beats scissors, it's Volcano beats thunder. <laughs> oh, I sh- yeah, I should have learned that in the, in the playground as a kid when determining who got to start at marbles. It's just an absolute joke of a tournament. And... Um, I saw the volcano, should we have been surprised, her exploding at the ref because she couldn't use a 40-second gold card that she'd won two days prior where her and the three other competitors had to hit as many targets as they could on a court to win a gold 40-second card. She didn't even know what she was meant to do with it. It was like, she didn't know how to redeem it. It was like some, it's like discovering some sort of strange star on Mario Brothers 3 and not being sure how that would advantage you. She was like, I have no idea how or what this redeems, but I want to use it right now. It was like a frustrated woman standing in line with a coupon at a supermarket just <laughs> saying i don't know what this gets me but i want it now and the, the the umpire clearly had no idea what that 40 second card was she thought she'd found it that morning in a breakfast cereal box so exactly the positive was she was able to use it to get into willy wonka's chocolate factory so <laughs> she could fatten up a little so i think that's that's a <laughs> could be a good move for her to have a few everlasting gobstoppers <laughs> Sounds like the umpire wanted to give her a bit of a gobstopper after the, <laughs> the tirade. Have one of these. Of course, it was unfortunate that Simona Halep, uh, a.k.a. the Oompa Loompa, pulled out pre-tournament. <laughs> I would not put it past the UTS to have one of their players called the Oompa Loompa. <laughs> So just, yeah, just Mickey Mouse, just ridiculous tournament. Was Mickey Mouse playing? (laughs) Was that Kerber? (laughs) Uh, So the only other highlight for me was Benoit Paire, of course, the Rebel, which I think is fair enough because I did learn this week doing my Olympic research that he was thrown out of the French camp in 2016 for not following their regulations. I don't know whether it has something to do with that Amish beard, whether he needed to look like he was at least a product of that particular century that he was playing in. (laughs) Um, But 
I mean, speaking of that beard, he overheated. He simply overheated mm. in his match. Mm. He should have been called the volcano yes. because in the third set, he literally just walked off the court. Didn't even tell the umpire or the <laughs> opponent that he was doing that. He walked straight into the change room and he just laid down and one of the ball kids had to just hose him down. <laughs> And somehow, you know, she should have had a pair of clippers to shave off that beard as an emergency act. But the other thing was, maybe not the right person used to promote it. I saw that in the lead up two weeks ago to the tournament, they were showing the card system and they actually had a competition for the public. And one of the cards was win a date with Grigor Dimitrov. And I'm like, the timing is probably not the best given he's COVID positive. Uh, that could be a date with an unhappy ending. <laughs> Lightning, what are you excited about? Well, I mean, you've got to look hard in this lockdown period amidst this crisis cutters. And for me, it's the game before the game. It's the tournament before the tournament. We know that as higher ranked players drop off, these lesser known players, these chumps, if you will, Mm. they get a crack. These players out on the backcourts, sweating it up, working their butt off. But not getting a look in, you know, always, you know, they're they're the ugly cousins of the tennis world. And here they are with a chance. I am looking forward to those players ranked 120 to 140. The tactics, the sabotaging, the scrounging these guys are going to do to injure, infect, inject. (laughs) Uh, I'm talking high level. Uh, Anthrax will be back. Uh, You name a tactic and technique to get a top-ranked player out so that you can get your spot, and we're going to see it. Yes. Kevin Anderson, 124 in the world. He's been there before. He wants back in. Mm. Keep an eye on Kevin. Ivo Karlovic, 125 ranked. He's iron off a spot. Yeah. He's been practicing some dark arts. So don't be surprised if you see some voodoo action, you know, coming back. And at Anderson's height, you could definitely imagine him dropping anvils on the heads of players, (laughs) a la the Warner Brothers cartoons, and and just getting away with it, scot-free. Mimip, and then scooting into the main drawer. Exactly. It's going to feel like an Agatha Christie movie, Cutters, as one by one, and they disappear into the night. So... Watch out. We've wanted the next gen, and who would have thought they were mafia hitmen yeah. infiltrating the, uh, the the men's tennis world. So Yeah, and I look forward to Felix Allegiosim taking on Fat Tony in the second round <laughs> at Flushing Meadows. <laughs> but this is problematic, Lightning, because, of course, you think extremely short-term. You're a narrow-minded and quite naive person. But I look Mm. at the big picture. And let's forecast through to what happens in 2040, for example, is the problem is that you put this tournament on and think of the children lightning. Mm. They are all sitting around the box. They've got nothing else to do. It's pandemic times. They can't go out and whatever kids do these days. They can't go out and Twitter. They can't go out and tick the talk. They, they need to sit at home and watch what is going to be B-grade tennis. So do not be surprised if in 2040, we have a year or two of just substandard tennis because these kids have grown up thinking that it's normal to hit a backhand three meters wide because Jeannie Bouchard made the main draw of Flushing Meadows. 
Very good call, Cutters. It's not just the tennis of the present. It is the tennis of the future that we should be most concerned about. The silver lining lightning, as I currently cast my eye over the rankings, if a few of these women get COVID, heaven forbid, or die in a freak breakdancing accident, we could see four wangs in the main drawer of the US Open. I mean, I've been calling it for a long time. It's the International Chinese Year of the Wang. (laughs) That will be... Truly memorable. (laughs) And if they play their piñata stick right, then they could win. We could have three on the podium of this open open. A golden wang, a silver wang, and a bronze wang. Uh, Aside from being a dream scenario for my landscape gardening out back, would also go down in in tennis history. (laughs) Year after year, grand slam after grand slam. I mean, you make it look so easy, and obviously mm. it isn't. How do, how do you keep doing it? Yeah, look, uh, there's no secret behind it, you know. I mean, definitely a very talented player. Cutters, <laughs> 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 a more complex fed up and poo down, a segment where we would highlight those who are arising, the up-and-comers in the tennis world. We ha- don't have a form line to picture who might be impressing us. We have to look harder, but I'm keen to to hear from you. Who's rising? Who's likely to emerge from these ashes? And and who kind of warrants a bit of a focus of who is sucking the big ones? Who's pooing down in this COVID time? Lightning, my fed up is a player who will be familiar to many long-term listeners of the backhanders, but I just want to reinforce how important she is to the sport and to the plight of humanity. Not to put too much pressure on her shoulders, but Yudis Chong, one of our favorite players. Um, She is... The Rocket. The (laughs) Rocket. Yudis Chong of Hong Kong, Mm. or the Queen of Hong, as I like to refer to her. She is rocketing up the rankings at the moment. She was... Again. Yes. Again, another rise. We saw a slide from 394 in the world to 395, and I put out Mm. the hashtag Mm. pray for Chong, hashtag Chong strong. And clearly, uh, the good Lord up there, or Nick Kyrgios, depending on who you're speaking to, (laughs) pulled some strings, and she is now 370 in the world, and she is on a blazing run towards the US Open. She has bunkered down on honkers and just kept it quiet and trained her butt off. And I think she's seeing the fruits of that. Now, I don't know how she's managed to jump away through the rankings, but the trending is good. At this rate, I can see that by the time she turns, she's 24 now, she will she'll break the top 100 by her 45th birthday. So <laughs> Chong Strong... Oh, you've got to jump on the right train, Cutters. The silent assassin. She'll go to work in this next period, Yudis Chong. Don't be surprised if she can, you know, be at the open open much, much sooner. Cutters, who's your poo down? Well, my poo down is someone who listeners will not be familiar with, unlike the uh, the household name of Yudis Chong, put it that way. <laughs> my poo down goes to one Brenda Fervirtova. Fruvatova. Oh, yeah. Brenda. Would they not be familiar with the name because it's not well pronounced? Is that why? <laughs> um, look, she's... Because they don't speak dribble? Is that why they... Lightning. 
she's probably known to to many more as the prodigy, which is what puppet oh. master Patrick Moritoglu named her when he allowed her out of his basement for the first time in 13 years. Allegedly. She's Czech and she, yeah, so she's 13 years old, Lightning. Wow. And was given entry into the UTS, into the down. And she was able to take on the likes of the volcano and the thunder and... It didn't go well for her. She actually only played one match. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know whether she... Uh, she had to go to bed early. Or... <laughs> it's it's unclear, but she's got a win rate of 0%, which they don't need to rub in by putting it in bold on the homepage there, but they've done that. And just, I feel like Maritoglu perhaps has been a little premature in bringing in a 13-year-old onto his own branded court to take on the big guns. They did a player profile, and I just wanted to highlight power, low, speed, low, experience, extremely low. But this is her secret weapon, her highest ranking. She ranks off the charts in self-control. <laughs> 13, does it mean that she's able to refrain from having that fourth piece of chocolate before going to bed at 8pm? I don't know. They are going to be in for quite a shock when she reaches puberty. (laughs) So that's going to throw the cat amongst the pigeons. Yeah, well, she does rank at the moment. I don't know who came up with with these categories, but she does rank. It's funny you should mention that. She ranks low in unpredictability. Uh, Maybe if they wait half a year, that's (laughs) going to change a little bit. So, yeah, I feel a little bit sorry for her. But in spite of her just groundbreaking levels of self-control, the prodigy is my poo down with a win rate of 0%. (laughs) I would have thought the capacity to play tennis was a higher prerequisite than (laughs) self-control for any tournament, personally. And finally, Lightning, under her player profile here, they give a brief description. And the final comments about her is, she can hit it. (laughs) (laughs) She can hit the pillow after she's had her vegetables. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yes, she can hit it. And for what she lacks in experience, she makes up for in (laughs) self-control. Officially the prodigy, you are my poo down. (laughs) Lightning, what's your fed up? Catters, for me, I do need to apologise to preface this fed up by saying I have been on and off this man's bandwagon and I'm back on. Mm. I've uh, seen an opening. Uh, Numerous higher ranked players have jumped off the bandwagon and I have slidden up the rankings to grab a spot on the Curios bus Gattis mm. he is my fed up welcome aboard I've been uh, keeping a seat warm for you for many a month <laughs> you have and it's one of the few seats that he hasn't thrown off that bus <laughs> uh, which I'm grateful that there was still a few left to sit on Gattis this man has impressed us to no end last episode in our COVIDiot episode we spoke of the the way this man has transformed from wonderful, albeit erratic tennis player to, shall we say, prophet? And I, I wouldn't say deity is too strong a word. Mm. In my mind, he is on a par with Muhammad, with <laughs> the Christ, with Zeus. He are those actual deities or are those UTS players? <laughs> 
It is a good question. Cutters, this man has just continued to impress me. We spoke about last time him just being the voice of reason. He has been one of the first players to jump off the US Open. And the reason he's done that is to stand in solidarity with his friends and family at home in Australia and with those suffering across the world. And so in a very selfless act, he wanted to model the appropriate behavior at this time. So it's hard not to be amazed by this man, Catters. He, during this last couple of weeks, took to Twitter, took to the people's platform and penned this emotive, this raw response. And he said, dear tennis, let's take a breath and remember what's important. He then went on in this heartfelt manner to say, I will not be playing this year at the US Open. It hurts me at my core, but I'm sitting out for the people, for my Aussies, for the hundreds of thousands of Americans who've lost their lives, for all of you. I'm going to use this time to stay home, to train, to be with my family, to be with my friends, and I'm just going to act responsibly and wait till I think there's better circumstances to play. Mm. So there you mm. go, Cutters. And, and out he goes. So... To be honest, I love the man's response, his responsibility. A little bit surprised that he's on a first-name basis with tennis. Cat uh, is he's often had a strange, estranged relationship with tennis. What's your kind of read on uh, what's going on between him and this tennis he needs to speak to? Well, he's definitely always seen tennis as the distant, estranged father figure in his life. <laughs> That has haunted him for a long time. He has demons. And when you're a deity of the likes of Saint Nick, demons aren't a good thing. I mean, they're not a good thing at the best of times, but he's a tormented man. And I think it's great that he's clearly a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a team of psychiatrists, I would presume, (laughs) uh, have recommended that he pen a letter to tennis and just... You know, it's the classic maneuver. It's psychology 101, you know. Nick, I recommend you write a letter. First of all, I recommend you learn to write and then craft a letter just telling tennis how you feel. You don't need to send it, which between you and I is a good thing because tennis doesn't exist, but you don't need to publish it on a global platform for the whole world to see. But if you want to give... Uh, a little podcast called The Backhanders, some material in a in a difficult time, uh, you'd be welcome to do so. Look, it, it got a little bit confusing when he said, P.S. I waited all night on my eighth birthday. You never came. I just wanted to kick the ball with you. I uh, found that odd. Um, but, you know, who am I to judge? It's never stopped me in the past. <laughs> To be honest, though, I'm just so taken by these very impressive psychological techniques that Boris Becker has employed in his counselling of, of Cure House. <laughs> the fact that he wrote it on a far-fetched letterhead should have probably given away... <laughs> Tell you what was, was fascinating in the whole ordeal is after Nick penned this, this secret letter... And signed it off, yours sincerely, Nick. Fascinatingly, um, Tennis Sangren tweeted back, uh, <laughs> thinking Nick was breaking up with him. <laughs> um, so should I organise that extra white hood for the rally or not? <laughs> Just tell it to me straight. 
I believe Tennessengren <laughs> sent him back a message in flames drawn across a next door neighbour's field. Um, so. uh, tale as old as time. <laughs> so the question then becomes first of all, when do we see Nick again on court? And secondly, think of the pressure on this guy to behave in a somewhat saintly manner because he has been very thou holy art thy totally through this whole process totally as he walks into the stadium levitating (laughs) that's going to be a hard benchmark (laughs) i tell you what he'll want to be freaking levitating based on the words that have been coming out of his mouth so it's going to be very interesting to see when he decides whether he should throw that third chair into the crowd whether there just comes a little bit of restraint he really does need the self-control of the prodigy doesn't he (laughs) I welcome that mentoring session. Next yeah. year, she will be named the mentor, I believe. <laughs> Splinter. <laughs> to which Boris Becker will say, I don't like no rats. <laughs> Lightning, that brings us to your poo down. Who is it? Well, Catters, it's time someone exposed the grand narrative for what it is. We've been played. The Joker has been playing us all. First, he hosts a tournament, invites all his friends to come and play with him, and man flus them all, Mm. gives them COVID, and sends them away packing. And we've heard about our poor friend Dimitrov and how poorly he's been feeling having experienced COVID. And Djokovic has basically infiltrated the entire ranks of men's tennis, sending this flu through the ranks. Mm. Then, and Katas, this is what is so ridiculous. He then has the audacity to choose not to pull out of the US Open when all these infected friends and responsible others choose to pull out of the US Open. He chooses to front up And with no one left in the entire arena, much like a jewel thief doing a heist, is able to walk into that tournament, pick up the trophy and leave without playing anyone of note. So for me, Cutters, the audacity of the man, infect the population and then clean up the chump change of an upcoming US Open. What do you make of it, Cutters? Well, I mean, you're right. It's clearly his for the taking, Lightning. I don't see... Who is going to challenge him at this tournament? Mm. Aside from the fact that what is the impact that COVID has on one's body long term? Because Mm. Novak has had it. Well, I believe, Cutters, it means he can be controlled via 5G by (laughs) Bill Gates. According to those trustworthy websites you've been reading. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And writing on Cutters. (laughs) You owe me a It's not touching the line. I mean, if we had Hawkeye, you would be so freaking embarrassed right now. Cutters, time for Mixed Troubles, a segment where we look at the the action off court. And of course, in this time we're in, there's a lot more off than on the court, Cutters. Often you're the one trolling people's social media accounts, the talk of the tick, and all those Mm. other places the kids go these days. Cutters, I've got something I tripped over during the week that I'd like to throw to you in this Mixed Trouble segment. 
and it features none other than Milos Raonic. Now, Cutters, we're a big fan of the the big Canadian. He was photographed practicing tennis and uh, was surprised to, to see that he does practice tennis. Yeah, better than his countrywoman. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he was bucking the trend on court and photographed in a moment where, you know, he looked... I don't know the best way. People have described it as a little bit muffin toppy. Mm. Others have just said that he had a little bit of the old tub tub, bit of podge podge, and the Twitter world was not kind. Mm. He uh, was slammed, and you know, celebs in the spotlight are not immune to getting some terrible um, jibes. However, you would not expect it from another player, mm. Fabio Fonini, <sighs> the the Italian, had a crack at Raonic, and asked the question, had he been eating an elephant? <laughs> I was not aware it was a delicacy in Canada, but he was slammed. So, of course, his wife, Ringwa, who is herself a Belgian model, stood up for Raonic, and in response, in rebuttal, and returning serve, quotes Fonini, the scoreline of the last time they played, which happened to be in 2014, <laughs> when Raonic took Fonini down 6-1, 6-love, and posted to her Insta account a screenshot of that score accompanied with the caption, just a breadstick and a bagel. <laughs> Bang. Particularly... Knowing that Fanini's gluten intolerant, that would have really stung. We like that. We like a bit of argy-bargy in the sport. And if mm. you throw in a third party like Ryanich's wife, then I think it even gets even mm. better, you know, particularly when her name is Ringwa. I like people who are married to fictitious characters from science fiction films shot in the future. And for her to come through the Matrix into a Twitter battle, I thought was a really nice touch. She's a hologram, but clearly has enough thought to come up with what was a, a damn good comeback. Totally. And has a memory like an elephant, uh, ironically. <laughs> I do feel bad in hindsight. I, I don't think it's fat shaming, but I did remind Ryanich that when it comes to tubby professionals that he takes the cake. <laughs> Please don't patronise me. I, I would have. No, no, you are. In the way you're asking, in the way you're asking your question, you have been quite disrespectful, and you are patronising me. I'm a professional competitor who did her best today. Cutters, that brings this episode to a close. Until we near that open, open that is, as of time of recording, still expected to go ahead. Of course, much can change. But listeners, you'll hear from us. More than in the lead up to that tournament, we'll be reviewing all the high ranked players and all the gap fillers that have been pulled in off the streets, the uh, unemployed janitors that are looking for something to do, the circus clowns that are no longer on the payroll, and whoever else they've placed together within that manger of the open, all of which will be dissected and reviewed as we bring to you the open. Open. Catters, uh, I, I turn to you. Anything you'd like to offer as a sign-off? Well, just to shout out to King Fed uh, on his birthday. I think he's, what, 48, 49? Oh, and I just also want to reinforce, let's get behind Yudis Chong, the Queen of Kong, Chong Strong. She is 
currently only with I think about 1700 Instagram followers so if everyone can just start following her sending her messages of support she's doing her best admittedly her career prize money is a little lower than I get per episode here but she's doing her best (laughs) so get behind her team well said Kat as well said and for me, just a, a quick health warning. If anyone of our listeners has a UTS, make sure you, you see a doctor during the week. Um, would be irresponsible of me not to put that out there. So until next time, backhanders listeners, make sure you review and share this podcast. It's a time in which many people are bunkering down and a little bit of a light-hearted laugh and look at the lighter side of the game of tennis is something many people would appreciate. So what a great chance to pass on your review of The Backhanders to your friends. Please review and share this podcast. You can also catch us on Instagram at The Backhanders and also through Facebook. But until then, look after yourself, stay safe, and make sure you're quiet, please.